0: I'm well thanks. How you doing? Awesome.
1: Great. All right. I think we can go ahead and just get started. I've got uh twelve questions for you and we're gonna make this snappy. So if you're ready, let's so let's oh, wow. I like it. Yeah. All right. My first question to you, Zach, is what authors did you read as a kid? What books inspired you? What kind of got your imagination going?
0: Wow, that's a really good question. I you know, I <laughs> I've never really been a big reader. Um, even as a kid I I was kind of outside playing and and doing stuff like that or then once video games came around which was pretty quickly in my childhood i was finding most of my kind of adventure storytelling through video games um but um i don't know i mean i'm sure you know there's a, a good bit of some doctor seuss that that made its way into there um and then in high school i think probably one of the most prolific books i ever read was uh um, was Brave New World by Aldous Huxley, which is, which is not exactly children's reading, but um, like, you know, just it really kind of, I don't know, it just it rocked me. I thought, wow, this guy's, you know, writing from the 1930s and he's writing about the future and he's pegging it. And so it, 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 that was a real real stepping stone, I think, in my literary journey.
1: Nice. So you're from Louisiana. What are you most looking forward to about the Big Easy Con?
0: Well, I'm I'm actually not from Louisiana. So I, I, I was born in Lake Charles. Um and uh but I was only there for about two months before we moved away. My dad just happened to be working there when I popped out. I grew up in Southern California most of my life. That said, uh I've spent a really good amount of time in New Orleans and my sister even got married there. Um so I have a lot of love and uh affinity uh for Nola. And, uh, the biggest thing I'm looking forward to is just the people. I just think the, the people in Louisiana, in the South, uh, in New Orleans, uh, you know, it's just a, it's a groovy town full of really cool folks. And, um, and it's just an awesome, uh, town in general. Like I I always have a good time in New Orleans.
1: Nice. As a two month old, we'll claim you. We'll claim it. Right. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) You're a Disney prince. And a superhero—that's got to be a lot of pressure.
0: No, I, no, there, it's not. It's like the coolest gift. I, I, I can't believe that I've. You know, sometimes I'll sit and think about my journey as an actor and the various things I've gotten to be a part of. And like I, I'm in, I'm i uh, I'm in a rare category. Uh, I, I don't. There are definitely other actors who have been in both Marvel and DC universes, but I don't know of any of them that have also been a Disney prince and. Uh, I've gotten to do all three of those things. And I just, I don't feel pressure. I feel very honored and very grateful for it all.
1: I'm not going to lie. It's actually really cool. So many people, like you said, don't get to, don't get to do that, have that sort of uh, breadth of career. I know we talked about your experience with Louisiana and and (laughs) NOLA and all of that, but in general, what do you enjoy most about these fan conventions because you've done them all over the place, including most recently Rose city comic-con.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, my, my favorite thing about conventions is, is the people I, 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 I I really love people. I love, love, I love, I love that. I, um, essentially I I get paid. (laughs) I get paid to love on people. I get paid to sit there and, and meet with folks and, acknowledge them and, and 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 hopefully help them to feel seen and heard and valued uh, and I get paid to do it. I mean, it's just the coolest I get as an actor, I get paid to bring joy to people, to entertain folks and hopefully give them some respite from, you know, a lot of the gnarly crap that goes on in life and in this world and at conventions, you really get to bring it full circle and you get to see the people who have been supporting you your whole career. And and you know not only am I paid to love on people I get paid to be loved on people wait really long uh you know oh not really long but they, you know they 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 will be very patient and queue up and and wait to then pay me to uh, essentially tell me how much they like me I mean it's it's a really it's a it's a weird life but one that I am I just try never never to take it for granted at all and I. And I love the opportunity to meet all of the wonderful folks in all of the wonderful places that I get to go and do these conventions. And the truth is, we're all, you know, having gone to many different—not just you know, corners of the U.S., but corners of the world—to do conventions. That every we're all very the same. And I think it's it's been a very incredible empathy-building experience for me, and being able to just learn more about uh, just you know how different parts of the world are, but also how very similar we all are, and how we all ultimately are looking for the same thing to feel valued and, and in this world and feel like, you know, that we exist and and that there's some meaning behind that. And I love that I get to be a conduit, a conduit to help people feel that.
1: We'll touch on that here a little bit in a question that's coming up, but I want to go into something that you you have um touched on in terms of fan conventions that I imagine spirals back into your work with comic franchises so what is it like really to be a part of truly the biggest comic franchises out there
0: oh man I mean it's it's it's, it's a lot of pinch me moments um you know it uh I'm 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 the type of person that to to I'm always I've been very forward thinking uh always in my life uh I don't uh, it, which which is not always great, you know, I, sometimes it, it keeps me from being very present or, you know, reflective in the moment, um, but I'm always kind of like on to the next one, like, you know, like I'm super grateful for what I've gotten to be a part of, but there's so much more that I want to do, so I don't really sit and rest on those laurels, but, um, you know, the fact that I got to be Fandral in the Thor franchise and work with those incredibly talented folks was awesome. The fact that now I get to be my own superhero in Shazam uh, and a very different and fun type of a superhero that, uh, you know, I think is a breath of fresh air for a lot of folks uh, is just a, it's a gift. It's, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't have written it better, you know, this, this journey. I couldn't have scripted my own journey better, you know, and, and, and not that there haven't been moments where it was really difficult and I lost jobs that I thought would have been, you know, incredible and that it really took a toll on me. But that's why I think it's important to trust in the overall plan. And, you know, God's got stuff in store that we're, we're kind of unaware of. And, and it can get really easy to, it, it becomes very easy to get lost in the weeds of your own life sometimes instead of just trusting and knowing that there's something around the corner and, you know, to, to keep loving yourself through that and be patient through it. And uh, and having done that and then gotten to being gotten to be Shazam through all that is just just so delightful. Just delightful.
1: That's a brilliant answer. We know we know you can sing if you were to do a musical on any of the movies or TV shows that you've been on. What would you choose and why would you choose it?
0: Oh, man. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I, you know, I don't know that I would turn any of them into musicals i i people were always wondering like why didn't you do a musical episode of chuck and i was like well because it doesn't call for it i don't think like it would have been completely outside of the universe of what chuck was and um and just because you can sing doesn't mean you should sing (laughs) um although i love singing all the time um i don't i don't know i i mean i think uh what would have been a, an interesting thing to turn into a musical? I don't, know. I don't know. I don't think I'd turn any of them into a musical. I think a musical, you need to conceive of from the beginning, and then it makes sense from the beginning. So none of the above.
1: <laughs> Perfect. Uh, you know, you, you talked about Chuck, and that was certainly my introduction to you as an actor. So I love this next question. If you could be reunited with your former Chuck co-star, Yvonne Strahovski, what project would you like to do together?
0: Oh, gosh. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I think something, you know, meaningful. I mean, I always want to just do stuff that's meaningful, whether it's meaningfully entertaining or meaningfully powerful and poignant. Um, I I think Yvonne, I just think the world of her. I think she's so, she's a delightful and lovely person and incredible talent. Um, and I think, uh, I don't know, some like really like, like, I don't know, something dramatic, I feel like could be a really cool thing to do with her. I don't know what that story would be, but you know, something that really gets into the, the, uh, the fabric of human existence or something and us to be able to present something that, you know, yeah, that has some deep philosophy behind it. I think that could be cool.
1: I I definitely agree with that. What is, has been the proudest moment? of your entertainment career so far?
0: I I mean, I think probably the proudest moment is anytime anyone, and this happens at conventions probably more than than anywhere else, but anytime anyone comes to me and and very earnestly and very honestly looks me in the eye and tells me how much something that I've done has meant to them or meant to them and their family, as an actor, particularly with film and television, kind of working in a vacuum um, in, with theater you, you you have immediate feedback of whether or not something is resonating with your audience but with film and television you make something in a vacuum uh you shoot it it's edited it's you know totally out of your hands and then it airs on tv or is in movie theaters and you don't really know if it resonates with people other than you know ratings or or you know box office sales um but that still doesn't tell you whether or not people ultimately enjoyed it at the end of the day or if it meant something to them So being able to go to conventions and have people tell me uh, that it meant something to uh, them—that's the proudest I've ever I ever feel about what I do. You know, being able to win awards, or you know, not that I've really won (laughs) many of those, but you know, like being doing the marvelous Mrs. Maisel and winning a SAG award with them was so cool, and that was like the first thing I had ever won as an actor, and. Uh, I was very proud of that moment, but, um, you know, just doing good scene work, just working with good actors and with great writing and, and doing good work. I'm proud of that. And then I'm proud of the ultimate outcome of if it meant something to somebody.
1: Outstanding. We have just a couple more minutes and I'm in, I've got a couple more questions for you. So this should tie in just nicely. You, you touched on this earlier and it was, you kept talking about, the idea of making people feel seen. Um, and I want to talk yeah. to you about using your platform to leverage messaging about mental health awareness and mm-hmm. how, how you practice what you preach and how you manage that yourself and how that may in terms, in terms helps other people. Do you find that conversation coming up a lot at Comic-Con?
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, people come to me uh, quite often and um, because of my, well, because of how vocal I've been on my social media about my own mental health journey and um and the uh struggles that I have gone through and 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 continue to have to you know do work on it it's, it's it's i try to i try to liken it or use metaphors that make sense but or liken it to things like you know brushing your teeth or flossing your teeth or you know it it's a daily practice and and if you've got a lot of if you if you've let your teeth go for a long time then a lot of damage can set in, and there's a little, there's a lot more heavy lifting to get them back to health. But if you do little bits uh, of maintenance, then your teeth and gums stay healthy and strong. And your brain and your heart are very similar. You know, I, I try to practice daily prayer and meditation, um, daily gratitude. Um, uh, I I try to talk through things uh, with those that I trust and that love me and um, you know, I, I think it's important that we, it's maybe of the most importance that we talk about what we are struggling with. I think, uh, in the silence is where the lies really start to manifest in our heart and our mind and where we start feeling like there might be no hope or, um, uh, that we are, uh, irrevocably broken, uh, but, but we are, are, are not, we we, we the, the the darkness, the lies, our minds are super powerful things and uh, and they can, they're also not entirely us. You know, there's this great quote um, in this book called The Untethered Soul that basically says, you are not the voice of the mind, you are the one who hears it. You are not the voice of your mind, you are the one who hears it. And I think there's a lot of truth in that. You know, it's like why well, we can sit there and all of a sudden you have these weird thoughts that pop in your head, You're like. Why am I even thinking that? That's not, that doesn't, that's not me. And our minds are very powerful things, and we need to respect that. We need to respect the fact that they are very powerful, and they can create narratives that may not be true at all but seem very real to us. And we have to be able to talk through those things and be vulnerable with each other and, um, and share when we are struggling because when we do, we realize, oh, we're not alone. We, that's one of the biggest problems with mental illness uh, is that we very much feel like we're the only one struggling with whatever we're struggling with, but it's not true at all. Everyone is struggling with some bit of it, whether it's anxiety or fear or stress or depression, you name it. Everyone's struggling with something. Some of us struggle, you know, only a little teeny bit and we're able to maintain that and, and uh, do daily care much easier. Some of us are, we struggle much harder through that stuff, but it doesn't mean that you are, uh that, that you are somehow um you know uh, going to be stuck in that for the rest of your life at all it just it's it's you, you We, you've got to clean you've got to clean and manicure away the weeds that um can sprout up and grow in your mind and in your heart and uh talking about it is one of the first and strongest things that you can do because it will help you to not feel alone and so i i will never stop talking about mental health i will never stop talking about self-love i mean unless we you know somehow eradicated entirely the problems that we have in my lifetime but i don't think we will um i don't know that we ever will because we're still humans you know we will still dip down into these places and so i can't stop talking about it after having gone through what i went through and basically not wanting to live after you know, 37 years of life and, and, and quite a bit of accomplishment, but I couldn't feel any of that accomplishment. I couldn't see any of it. I still felt like a failure in my own life. And that was a lie. It was a lie I was telling myself and a lie that I believed other people believed of me. And, uh, and we, I think a lot of us struggle with that and feeling like we're not worthy of living the life that we are living. And that is a lie. And I will take every opportunity to remind people of that. I do it in my panels at conventions, I spend most of my time probably in the, in the panels talking about things like this. And when people come to my table and they open up to me and they thank me for talking about mental health, I remind them that I will never stop talking about it. And I will, I will be there to always remind them that they are loved and they are worthy of that love.
1: My mind is blown in the best possible way with the depth of your answer. And I just really appreciate your candor. Uh, our interview time is up with you, but I do have to say, having had the great fortune to watch what you do on stage and how engaging you are. I cannot wait for people at Big Easy Con to have a chance to see you and to meet you, you know, and, and just to see what you bring to the table, so to speak. So thank you for your time. And we look forward to seeing you in New Orleans here in just basically a a few short days, if you will. We'll see you soon.
0: Bless your heart, darling. Thank you so much. And I can't wait to see you guys out there.
1: Cheers. Bye. Have a great day. Bye. You too. Bye.